Hello everyone. I'm Taylor um, and I'm just going to be chatting to you today a little bit about authenticity. It's actually something I'm really passionate about. Um, I really believe that Jesus calls us to be ourselves, authentically ourselves. He doesn't just want a load of moulds of each other. Um, so we're just going to chat through a few things. So I thought it might be worth just running through what the actual definition, the dictionary definition of authenticity is. So number one, it's something that is of undisputed origin and not a copy and it is genuine. Say genuine. 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 It is made or done in the traditional or original way or in a way that faithfully resembles an original. Somebody say original. Very good. You're awake. So I thought I'd bring just another little game for you guys to help me out. Um, Sandeep, would you mind just wiggling this table forward a little bit? You don't, I'm afraid. Uh, put your hand up if you like sweets. Yeah, this guy, can I borrow you? Thanks. Um, yeah, you come up. So I've got here two bowls with some Haribo in. Only one of the bowls is fake Haribo. And I want to give you, I want to give you, till I count down from 20 to figure out. You can touch them, you can look at them, you can eat them. Which is the real Haribo? Are you ready? Okay, go. 20. 19. 18. They're just here for the sweets. 17. 16. 15. That's real? Are you positive? You were first. Do we have a prize? Do we have some more sweets somewhere? Yeah. You can have some real Haribo. Brilliant. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Who's this guy? Okay. You were right. So, how did you know they were the real Haribo? Can I just ask? Tasted nicer. Chewy, sticky. Just a bit naff. Okay, yeah. So the thing is with an original, um, it's always the better version, isn't it? You get the right ingredients in. It's got the right characteristics. You can always tell where it's come from. Um, and I feel like it's a bit like that um, with God. You think about Mr. Haribo making these. He's probably a bit ticked off when people come along and make some naff rubbish versions, try and steal his idea. And with God, I really believe God has made us to be the true original version of ourselves, the best version um, that we can be. And I think sometimes... A lot of us actually just play like we're the naff version of all that God wanted us to be. Um, now, I know it's difficult. Many of us are still probably figuring out um, exactly who we are supposed to be and who God's called us to be. Like if we were a pick and mix wall of sweets, we wouldn't know really which one we were supposed to be. And so I thought we'd just look at two quick tools um, to try and figure out what what that might be, who we are supposed to be authentically. And I really believe that authenticity can be nailed in two things. What you take and your make. So what you take, I really believe that when you know who you are, you know what you need, right? Would you agree? When you know who you are, you know what you need. So for example, does anybody here have like an allergy? Just raise your hand if you have an allergy. Okay, right. So you know who you are and you know what it is that you need and what you can and can't have, right? Okay, cool. So I actually have a friend that has um, a peanut allergy. And honestly, she's just a bit of a nightmare. Um, we are good friends. We're in a good, good group of friends. And everywhere we go, she tends to just slip up with this, with this nut allergy. And um, last Christmas, actually, we were eating mince pies. We were sharing our mince pies. Oh, it's Christmas today, isn't it? So... Yeah, no, it is, though. It is Christmas. Um, and, yeah, she was eating these mince pies, and I told her, honestly, these definitely have nuts in. She was saying, no, I don't think they do. Honestly, they don't. And next thing, she sticks out her tongue, and what would be at the end 
except a nut. And she got super sick. And then fast forward a couple of months, and we were all having um, a prayer meeting. It was a big, big, big um, church meeting. And we had Chinese buffet uh, for dinner, which is a win. Um, And then we're there again. Now, satay sauce. Does anybody know what satay sauce is made of? Peanuts, right. So here she is. She's come and sat down with her plate. um, And all I see is satay sauce just swirling around the edge of her plate. And I'm like, girl, you've got peanuts on your plate. Like, come on, you're supposed to know this stuff. You're supposed to know what you need. And she's like, no, it'll be fine. What I'll do is I'll just move some over. And where did she end up? She ended up in hospital really sick. I just thought, you know what? Honestly, we can't win with this girl. If you know who you are, you should know what you need. And yet sometimes I think we can be really similar with our Christian life and spiritually. And we'll just say, actually, I'll have what everyone else is having. I'll just have what they're having. That looks good. And I I like a bit of that. That looks good. And yet we don't actually take or pay attention to what actually harms us and what is good for us and what is actually really bad for us spiritually. And you know what? Life's not easy. We come across a lot of things that that can negatively impact us. Um, Your age group have loads of things that you might come across um, that maybe negatively impact you and are harmful to you. So, for example, things like depression and mental health issues have risen um, by something ridiculous. It's 70% in the last 25 years. Um, And actually, a quarter of you will experience, like, negative content online. Um, And many of you, I think it's one in ten of you will have experienced family conflicts that have really kind of impacted you. Um, in a negative way. I know I have. My parents divorced when I was your age. I was 12 years old. And it just really impacted me. And all this stuff was going in. But the thing is, as a Christian, you know, God is a God of good things. All good things come from God. And he has some incredible things for you to soak in and to take in. And it will look different to all of us. And one thing that I find really helpful um, is to look at Philippians 4, verse 8. It's in the Bible. It's a fantastic letter. Um, And one thing that it really nails is the things that we should be focused on and the things that we should be taking in as Christians. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, say true. Brilliant. Whatever is noble, say noble. I like this. Whatever is right, say right. I'm going to speed through it now. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay? Now, this is something I've really had to learn. I used to be quite a negative thinker. But if you're able to look at this, Philippians 4, verse 8, and start to shape your mind to focus on these things and take these things in, I promise you it's going to do you good. And it makes you authentically you because it's going to be different for all of us. For some of you, the lovely things, the praiseworthy things, the admirable things in life might be, I don't know, music. It might be... Um, food, it might be worship, it might be reading, it might be speaking, it might be um, hospitality, it might be um, being in social environments, all of these things. But as we start to focus on the things that God say are good and using them in the right way, we start to give thanks. We start to say, thank you, Lord, for those cornflakes. You know, sometimes my prayers are just the most random things and the most authentic prayers. I honestly will speak to God about fruit and fiber for a good half an hour, at least once a week, because I just think it's fantastic that he made all of those things to go into that cereal bowl. And I just love food. You'll find out that probably throughout the week. I love food. Um, But these things just help to shape what it is that gets you going, what makes you excited. And it's all in your own line of vision. It's all in your own race. You know, even in church, we can start to think, oh, well, you know, they seem to be doing this whole thing better. They seem to be having a lot more goodness in them. You know, um, they're preaching on the stage or they seem to have more friends than me. And all of these different things can start to get into our heads and stop us from being caught, stop us, sorry, from stepping into the calling that God has for us specifically. But I just want to encourage you guys, like, 
as I said, it's specific to each of you. And it doesn't really matter if somebody else has memorized a whole book of the Bible. If for you that week, you memorizing that one scripture for God was what he wanted you to do. It doesn't really matter if somebody else seem to be, seems to be friends with everyone. But actually, God is working in you forgiveness for that one person. You see, our journey with God is different. And every single part of it, when it's lovely, it's admirable, it's praiseworthy, it's excellent. And it comes from God is good. So I don't want you ever to be discouraged if you're looking at other people. Just look at what God wants to do with you. And so, you know, you don't, you don't have to fake it to make it. You don't have to copy other people in church or copy other people in your schools. It's just taking those great things for yourself. You know, for some of you, it might be learning to bake a particular cake, you know, and giving it to a neighbor. It might be learning that new song. It could be anything. Um, and so, As we do this, as we start to focus on these good things and these good skills, you know, the Lord promises to make us more and more like him, which is awesome. How cool is that? You know, he says, as we behold his glory, as we see all of those wonderful things, the lovely, the pure in him, we become more and more like him. What that means is we start to get the right ingredients and we become like that, that proper tangfastic that was created by its creator to be the best tangfastic it could be right? So as you start to look at God, look at his wonderfulness. Is that a word, wonderfulness? I don't know. We'll go with it. His wonderfulness. Um, We start to become more like him. And so the second thing was in our make. So that was what you take in. This is in our make. And I've got another little game. Who's really hot? Who's like just feeling, I know everyone's feeling super hot. I think you were the first person that put your hand up. Would you like to come up? Yeah. Come up. Okay, do you want to just stand on this side for me? Okay, so I've got two water bottles, okay? These water bottles are amazing. So, one of them, this one here, don't move, you just stand here, please. Um, One of them keeps your water cold, even if you put ice in it, for 24 hours, okay? It's pretty impressive, and they look good. One of them is an absolute fake. One of them's worth about 30 quid, and one of them's worth about eight, okay? Right? So I want you to just take a look. Don't touch them, but just have a look. Maybe have a walk around the front and see what you think. Which one do you think is the real one? How about pick them up, have a look, have a closer look. The orange one, are you sure? Do you want to have a closer look? Maybe if you twist them around, have a look towards the bottom there. Not that I'm helping. Twisty, twist, quick. You're going to ruin the talk. You're going to ruin the talk. One of them is a real Chili's bottle. The yellow one. Why do you say that? Because there's a sign on it. There's a massive logo. That's right. You can keep this. It's new. I'll get you the packaging in a second. Sit down. Okay. She does. She does. I know. So the thing is, right, what can we learn from this? The thing is, we all get a make, right? And people are supposed to notice when we are either a fake or a true disciple. God promises that he marks us. And actually what's really handy is the Bible spells it out for us. In fact, there's a whole actual paragraph in the Bible that's called the mark of a true Christian. So I'm just going to read it out to you and we'll see what we can find from that. And it's found in Romans 12. It's an amazing, amazing part of the Bible. You really find out more about who you are and who you authentically are called to be. But this is one of my favorite bits. Mark of a true Christian, it's from verse 9 to verse 21, but I'm just going to do verse 9 to 13 um, for the sake of today. And it says, uh, verse 9, let love be genuine. Say genuine. Genuine. That's right, we've heard that word before. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Remember those things that you're supposed to be focusing your mind on? Love one another with brotherly affection. 
Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So that's quite a mouthful. So I'm just going to split it in half. Um, And I'm just going to look at a couple of things that should really help us. So remember that first word, genuine? Let love be genuine. Let it be authentic. Uh, The message puts it like this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil and hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply and practice playing second fiddle. So we're supposed to love deeply. We're supposed to love authentically. We're not supposed to fake it. You know, the Bible talks about not just flattering people, but actually speaking truth into their lives lovingly, not in just a harsh, like, critical way. Um, But speaking truth to people. And actually what I loved was in that first um, translation, it talks about having brotherly affection. Now, I don't have any siblings, right? And I always used to be really jealous when I was growing up because siblings just seem to have it going on. Like, when it goes the way it's supposed to go, siblings seem to just have this connection. They support one another. They've probably seen each other naked. And they know each other's secrets. I wouldn't suggest seeing each other naked, by the way. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not what you take from this message. Um, but they're close, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and they know each other's secrets. And actually, one thing that I really find interesting is that they can kind of say what they want about each other. But if someone comes along to talk about their brother or sister, that's it. They are supporting that person to the end. And why? Because they want to protect their family and they want to protect the family name. And I think actually as Christians, that's actually something that we should be doing too. We are now family. If you've been born again and you are in relationship with Jesus, then you are family with everyone else that has made that same decision. And what that means is, as it says in the message version, the practice playing second fiddle. It doesn't mean underplaying your gifts and your talents and everything that you're called to do, but it also means lifting other people around you up. You know, I get the privilege um, of running a magazine for young women and I do the bits that I'm good at but one of my favorite parts is actually getting other Christians involved who are way better at things than I am I cannot draw to save my life like I can't do anything practical like I can't create anything out of nothing I'm just rubbish at that but I get to get illustrators and photographers and people who can just create to share their work and I get to say hey guys look at them look how cool they're doing you're doing really well I get to encourage them and that's something I would totally encourage you to do it's actually looking at your brothers and sisters in Christ around you and saying, you know what, you're really good at that. I'm so glad that God made you authentically you. And then doing what you're authentically good at too, which is really important. You know, Jesus was amazing at spotting those who were kind of out of the loop or a little bit, um, you wouldn't have predicted they would have came along and lifting them up. The people that God was saying, they need a little lift. They need some love. You know, we see him finding people sat in trees, just looking down on him as he's walking past. And he says, hey, you know what? You're coming for dinner. And he gets tax collectors and he says, you know what? I want to be your friend. There is good in you. You know, he speaks to people that culturally he shouldn't have been speaking to, the woman at the well. You know, when Jesus was around, it wasn't the normal thing to just be in broad daylight chatting to a woman at a well and yet he saw that that woman needed some love and some affirmation and some truth about who she authentically was and what she should be doing and so Jesus stopped his day to chat with her and that's where that comes in that authenticity in love and love being genuine to lift others up even if they're not the most um, obvious of choices it's stepping out of that comfort zone just like Jesus did he was so authentic in his love and so um, unpredictable and the second part That little bit that was a little bit funny is some of the language you might not have heard before, being fervent in spirit and not being slothful in zeal. This is how the message puts it, which might help. It says, don't burn out 
Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and keep yourselves aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in the hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians and be inventive in hospitality. And I think this all comes down to your passions and your disciplines for me. So your passions, again, are going to be different for everyone. And they make you authentically you. And they're the things that help you to connect to others. They're the things that help you to outwork what God has for you. And they're the things that help you to enjoy the earth that God has given us and to experience it. And they actually get you really excited for heaven because that's going to be even better. You know, for some of you, again, it might be cooking, art, speaking, and all of these things um, that you enjoy. And it's going to be different for all of you. But they can be used for good or for bad. So as you can tell, I love speaking, right? And when I was younger, I was just horrible to people. I used my voice to just poke my opinions into people's lives. I used to be just awful, tell people what they'd done wrong. I used to be just really gossipy at school and just not a very nice person. And yet then when I met Jesus, he said, you know what? I'm going to use that that loud voice and that opinionated thing to create a magazine and to speak to people. And we're going to tell people about Jesus. You see, the Lord brings life where there's death. And he changes the things that we'd use for bad to good. So those passions that are inside you, even if they're those little things that you think, well, I can't use that. Speak to the Lord about it and see, see what he does. You know, the Bible, you might have heard it says, love the Lord with all of your soul, your mind and your strength. And one thing that many people don't seem to know about that strength word is that the original word actually means all of your muchness, all of your everything, all that you have. So that includes all of those passions and all of those little quirks that you have to love God with them and see the authenticity come out and the good things come out. And then the last thing is the discipline. Now, sometimes it sounds like passions is the great thing and disciplines is just the the kind of boring thing that's going to dampen your mood. Um, But actually, it's not. You see what I said about speaking? It was that discipline that helped me to turn it into a good thing that I love. When discipline meets your passions, it will help you to level up. I can promise you that. Um, And actually, it's something that some of those things that maybe you want to do or maybe don't come as naturally, for example, some of you will love reading the Bible and that'll be your passion. You'll be going for it. And some of you would love to read the Bible, but maybe it's not, not your thing. As Dan said, he struggled to read. And so getting that discipline, you know what, I'm going to read and memorize a scripture or I'm going to just work through this particular book bit by bit. And having those disciplines, God will meet you in that place and you will become even more the person that he has called you to be. Um, whether it's reading, it's kindness, it's inviting people around, it's making new friends, it does take the and it does take the discipline. So I'm not just saying anything that you can't do or anything you don't want to do, don't do it. I'm saying look again at what is lovely and pure and all of those things that God calls you to do, the praiseworthy things, and get those little disciplines to start leveling up and getting to where you want to be. And so I just wanted to um, pray for you guys, actually, um, and just pray that you will start to think about and start to act out those things that God has put in you, your passions, your desires, the things that, you know, you don't think that you can use, that God is going to start using them, um, and that you'll become closer to God and be more authentic for the rest of the week, loving others genuinely. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll get these guys to come up. Father God, I thank you that you know every single person in this room and that you love them um, and that you created them. You knew that they were going to come before you created the world. You knew that they would be here. You know every hair on their head. And actually, Lord, that you've created things in them that just love the good things, the praiseworthy things, the admirable things, whether it be creativity, whether it be knowledge, whether it be sport, whether it be friendships, whether it be family, all of these things, Lord, and more. Would you just... um, Would you let your spirit just help these kids to use them in the right way and to find out what it is that you've called them to do, to know that they are your children and to know that they are 
just right as they are and that you created them to be specifically them and nobody else. Help them not to look at other people or copy, um, but just help them to live it out as they should be living it out, Lord. I just pray for authenticity um, and love to be genuine. In Jesus' name, amen.